What's up, guys? Today, I want to talk about promotions. I also want to talk a little bit about Nogi Worlds as well as make some predictions for the Fight Pass Invitational tomorrow. I will do Nogi Worlds and Fight Pass Invitational at the end, and I'll probably just chat about it for a couple of minutes. But the main thing I want to talk about are promotions, in particular, the egregious ones, right? The sandbaggers, the people you're like, how are they not? How have they not been promoted to the next belt yet? It just makes no sense. As well as the people that you're like, how in the world did that person just get promoted? There is just no way they are at the skill level of that belt. Now, I have talked in the past. I don't like to judge other instructors for either promoting or not promoting a student, right? For the most part, if the person is a legit black belt, you just got to trust them, you know. Sometimes you might shake your head a little bit, but at the end of the day, you got to go, hey, this is a person's legit black belt. They're in the room every day with this person. They see them roll. They've trained with them, hopefully. You just, you got to hope they're not watering the sport down, or you got to hope that they're not holding their student back so it makes them look good when they go out and do well, whichever the case may be. But sometimes the examples are so egregious, it's hard not to sit back and, and talk about it and just really question what's going on there. And there have been two cases uh, this week, uh, one sandbagging, the other a promotion that I think a lot of people kind of think there's no way in hell this person is actually at Purple Belt. But we're going to start with talking about Luke Griffith because he's got to be the biggest sandbagger in the world, right? Luke Griffith is one of the best grapplers in the world. He is an absolute stud. So Luke is a brown belt out of New Wave Jiu-Jitsu. He joined the team after the split in Puerto Rico. So split in Puerto Rico happens. Gordon, Gary, and John make their way to Austin, start New Wave Jiu-Jitsu, and they need training partners. They lost the majority of that room. The people either went back to New York or they jumped over to the B team, and so they didn't have very many pros to train with. So we see John Carlo Bodani, he makes his way over, and then you have Luke Griffith as well as Big Dan. Those are kind of the three big additions that happened around that time. Now, Luke's been there for, I guess, over two years now. He's been training underneath John, and he started training in South Africa, and he got his purple belt um, down there, and I believe he was already like a pretty big prospect, like in the, the color belts, like people saw that he had a lot of talent, he was a big body, and they thought like this young kid is going to be really good. I believe Luke now is like early 20s, 21, 22, 23, somewhere in there, but yeah, he makes his way over to New Wave, is a purple belt, and since he's been at New Wave these, you know, just over two years, he has absolutely killed it. So let's just look at what he's done. So Purple Belt, uh, he wins the ADCC European Trials. He goes to the Trials, I believe, as a Brown Belt. He competes at ADCC. Uh, excuse me. He wins Trials as a Purple Belt. Goes to ADCC Championships as a Brown Belt. And he doesn't medal or anything, but still, he's at the ADCC Championships. But he goes on a couple months later after ADCC to win his weight division at Nogi Worlds. Now, winning the adult, like your adult division, I don't care whether it's blue, purple, brown, or black, is an incredible feat at the IBJJF Nogi World Championships. It is very, very difficult to do. And Luke won his brown belt weight division and then finished second to Jacob Couch at the brown belt absolute. 
So you would just think that that's an automatic promotion. Like if you're winning the world championships, especially if you just look at Luke. Luke won European trials, competed at ADCC, then wins his weight division, then finishes second in the absolute. It's like what more does he have to prove at Brown Belt? Well, since then, so it's been a year past. So that was last December, and Nogi Worlds just ended today. What has Luke done in that year? You might be asking, well, maybe he had some poor performances. Maybe he had some up and down time. Maybe he didn't have a lot of matches. Maybe he was on the sideline for a bunch of it. All of those I can answer with an emphatic no. No, Luke did the exact opposite. Luke was one of the most active grapplers on the scene. He won multiple ADCC Opens all by submission. He went 3-0 at WNO. So who's number one? Flow Grappling's premier show. He went 3-0 all submissions. He just beat at the last WNO. He beat Roosevelt Souza. Roosevelt Souza today competed in the finals of the absolute at Black Belt. It was him versus Roberto Jimenez. Now he ended up losing. I was super happy to see Roberto win. But Roosevelt Souza is one of the best guys in the world um, and, and just showed it. I mean, he was in the main event at Nogi Worlds. Like whoever's in the absolute final, that is the final match. That is the main event. And he was there. But Luke competed in the Brown Belt division. He won uh, his, his uh, division and he also won the absolute. So he double golded at Brown Belt, all submissions. Oh, I also forgot to mention Luke won ADCC European trials a couple months ago and all by submissions there too. He made it look like he was competing at a local Naga. And so I believe because I was uh, watching Luke um, yesterday, I was watching uh, Flow Grappling did like a like a breakdown or they, they just did like a recap of Luke's weekend. And I believe they said Luke Luke was saying he's had 40-plus matches this year. And he's won all of those by submission except uh, one, which the match he lost at IAGA. So he also competed at the IAGA Championships, and he's going to be representing Team Adolfo again over there. Like, the dude's had a, just an insane year. And he's still a brown belt. Like, he didn't even get promoted at the podium. It's like, what's it going to take? You know, is the dude going to have to win ADCC? But there is no reason this guy should be anything other than a black black belt right now. I mean, his last year, just what he did the previous year, winning European trials, going to ADCC, and then winning his weight division at Brown Belt Worlds, like as an instructor, it's kind of like, I mean, what more can he do? And then he goes on to win multiple ADCC Opens. He goes on to win European trials again. He goes 3-0 and at WNO. Again, beating Roosevelt Souza at this last one. Roosevelt Souza um, went, uh, made it to the semifinals of last ADCC where he lost to Gordon Ryan in the semis. But hell, that was Gordon Ryan. You know, everybody loses to Gordon. <laughs> like, what more do you want from the kid? And you've got to ask yourself, like, is this just a new wave? Like, is this a John Donahue thing? Because it seems like John loves having these juniors. He loves having colored belts that destroy world-class grapplers. He loves having guys like Big Dan. He loves having, um, like, I wonder, like, Giancarlo Bodani. Would Giancarlo Bodani be a black belt if he had come to them as a purple belt, even though he won ADCC? Even though he dominated Aiga? Even though he's just beat Hulk at WNO? Like, 
would he be? Like, is he a senior student? Like, I, I, he has to be, right? Like, I, the whole junior-senior thing is really difficult to comprehend. Like, I know Taz is a black belt. So I know people go, no, he's not a black belt. But, I mean, there have been recent posts where Taz has been categorized as a junior. So, you know, it just seems like like they like, like, oh, well, you know, if they lose, if Luke ever loses, well, he's still just a junior. Like, our junior guy went. But it's like, dude, the new's not a junior. He's one of the best guys in the top ten heavyweight grapplers in the world right now. He's one of the baddest men alive. And so I mean this with all respect. Like, the dude's – he's who wouldn't want to watch a guy have 40-plus matches and finish them all by submission? Like, that's what we want as grappling fans. But at the same time, it's like – Let's just put a black belt on the dude. Like, you know, I can understand because some of uh, John's earlier students think of guys like Oliver Taza and Ethan Curlinson. Like, they were killing it as well. Like, they had a bunch of submissions. They were, you know, Nikki Ryan, those guys, they were doing very well. And people would criticize. They'd be like, man, how are these guys still blue belts or purple belts? Especially, like, when they were at purple belt and even brown belt. Like, I remember watching Ethan Curlinson just dominate, like, finishers. He won finishers at 135 pounds. And he went on, he won the 170 pound division. I remember watching that bracket and he was super undersized, like 15, 20 pounds undersized. And he beat guys like John Thor Blank. John Thor Blank, semifinals of ADCC. And Ethan Krillinson subbed him in regulation. And I remember just watching some of his performance, but like, how is this dude not a black belt yet? But at the same time, uh, you know, Ethan had won um, ADCC trials. He had done well in his ADCC matches. Like, it was just like, how is this new not a black belt? Like, it took him a while, like a long time to get his black belt. And so this isn't a new thing for, for John. Like, his standards obviously are insanely high. But again, you've got to kind of question, like, is it just, I like keeping my students back. I like having them as colored belts. And so if they lose, it doesn't look bad on me. It doesn't really look bad on them. And when they win and they dominate these guys, it just makes us look that much better because we can go, look, this guy, like, he's just a brown belt. Look, Big Dan, he's just a purple belt. Look, Reese Lefevre, he's just a purple belt. Like, look at this kid. Like, he's just a kid. Like, you know, and then, like, how long have they been training, you know? I don't know. It's just kind of sketchy to me. It seems like this is a true case of sandbagging. Um, and look, I, I mean, there are cases like, uh, for instance, Travis, let's just talk about my own guy who I think is somewhat of a prodigy and a guy that's really killing it right now. And we have a couple of other guys, like, like we have a guy named Nick Saf who's, uh, killing it. He came in with the gymnastics background and he's, uh, super talented. He's doing really good. Um, but anyways, like, especially Travis though, because Travis has had an insane past month. So Travis got his purple belt. Um, less than a year ago, but this past month he competed at um, PGF, crushed it. Midwest Finishers, crushed it. CJJ Qualifiers, crushed it. And then this past weekend, so last weekend, he did a team tournament, and our team ended up finishing second, I think, out of like seven teams. But they ended up facing, it was like a round-robin style. They faced every other team. We ended up finishing second, but Travis had four or five matches one of uh three of them by sub one he got he got ended up getting heel hooked by elijah carlton so we did get to see kind of the pgf finale there but he's one sub loss in all this time 
And yeah, he's beaten multiple brown and black belts. And so people might be going, well, what about your guy? Why isn't he a brown belt? But the thing is with Travis is he hasn't like won definitively. Like he didn't win Midwest finishers. He didn't win PGF. Um, he's haven't been having phenomenal performances, but I think he has truly think he has like ADCC trials champion. Like I think he could go to ADCC and do very well. I think he could medal. I think he even become maybe one day an ADCC champion. And so you do have to look at a student's potential. And so you might as a coach go, ah, you know, like this guy's potential is so high. I want to see him start like reaching and hitting some big goals before I promote him. Same thing with like a guy like Nick Saf. Like Nick's super talented, but you kind of want to see him like he, he wants to compete. He's uh, done well in competitions. Um, but you kind of want to see a guy like him go out and like win a couple of big tournaments before he gets his brown belt. But Luke Griff is already doing this. Like he's, he's already there. The only thing he has left to do is win ADCC. I guess medal at the ADCC championships win ADCC. And with Nicky Rod, here's the other thing. And the the last big point I'm going to make about this is with a guy like Nicky Rod, he doesn't submit a lot of people. Like you watch him, he just, yeah, he gets black belt results and everything. But I can see a coach like Don Donahue like going, hey, he just doesn't have enough of the game figured out or he doesn't display enough of the game or I'd like to see more of a guard or whatever, right? I could see that because he does use mostly like his wrestling to win these high-level matches. Like when he went as a blue belt to ADCC and got second, that was just all wrestling. I mean, he didn't he didn't display much jujitsu at all. Much like a kid like Dorian Olivares. Like, you watch Dorian's style, it's mostly just wrestle, rumble, passing, he stays low, and he's very good at jiu-jitsu as well, but Luke Griffith is systematically breaking people down with jiu-jitsu. Like, it is jiu-jitsu. He didn't come in with a wrestling pedigree. He didn't come in with anything like that. It is jiu-jitsu. And I don't know. It just, you can't fool the community. Like, we all look at it and go, what? This dude won Brown Belt Worlds last year. All subs. Like, he's subbing people with just... Uh, at will with almost anything he wants to the dude's an animal i think it's time he's a black belt but we'll see like was john gonna hold him at brown belt until next adcc and then if he wins like do you, is he gonna have to win adcc to get his black belt i don't know i bet that's what happens though we'll see i don't know now i want to talk about Giselle, her name's Giselle Bungeon, Bungeon, I don't know, Tom Brady's ex-wife, that's what we'll say, she's got a crazy Brazilian last name, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Tom Brady's ex-wife, supermodel, Victoria's Secret model, Giselle, she just got promoted to Purple Belt, and I've seen a couple of posts about this, and I saw she had been training for right around two years, and she got promoted to Purple Belt, now this just seems insane to me. Number one, I'm pretty sure she's dating her instructor. So that's already a huge red flag. Um, you know, I I don't know the full details there. I just remember we all were kind of joking that she, uh, when her and Tom split, that she was seeing one of the Valentos. So she trains at the Valentes Brothers Gym down in Miami. They are heavily affiliated with like the Gracies. But anyways, they have a huge mega gym. And she started training there. And when they split, Paparazzi, of course, was all over it. You guys know I'm a huge sports fan, so I'm always on ESPN. 
I'm always checking out sports news. And yeah, that was one of the things that popped up is like, oh, Giselle with Mystery Man, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt. And when I saw that headline, I was like, oh, snap. Like, she's with her, what? Like her Jiu-Jitsu instructor, Black Belt. And then I saw it was one of the Valente brothers. And I was like, dang. And so we were all kind of joking like, dude, like, I'm a Jiu-Jitsu instructor. Like, where's the supermodels like coming after me, you know? But in all seriousness, it was like, okay, like she's dating her Jiu-Jitsu instructor, like, cool like w for jujitsu you know her and tom split ways i bet that dude's chill he's a jujitsu black belt right he's run successful gym cool she found the sport but blue belt and now purple belt purple belt's a big promotion to me a purple belt should have the ability to be an assistant instructor like they should be able to cover classes they should be able to teach a little bit they should definitely be able to mentor people they should roll, be able to roll. These are just my definitions, you know. And there's always going to be people that are exceptional and people that are, you know, maybe barely skidding in, right? Their, their foot's barely across that line, but they're still purple belts. And like I said, I try not to judge too harshly, especially in case I don't know. But you just can't tell me that the supermodel girlfriend of the instructor is a legit purple belt in two years. Like, is she actually rolling? Especially when I know those guys, like it's mainly like a very self-defense oriented style. I'm like, I would just be fascinated to see how good she actually was. Just fascinated. And we've had other celebrity, right? Some of the celebrities get promoted. We've seen, um, like Ashton Kutcher was the big one. I remember when Ashton Kutcher got promoted to brown belt, tons of people were talking trash on him, going, there's no way Ashton's a legit brown belt. I know I remember people like dude I would love a match with Ashton Kutcher like I would destroy that dude I don't know right now Ashton Kutcher I remember was kind of sketchy about his promotion he was saying like how little he had trained between his purple and brown belt and that's why he he was uh, surprised that he got it Um, I think that was like he was talking about it when he was like just like saying how surprised he was because he had just had big layoffs and everything but with Giselle, it's like, man, is she training every single day? Like, is she rolling? Like, I believe I've seen one video of her training jujitsu, but it was just a private lesson with her boyfriend. It's like, I don't know. It just seems super sketchy. And it seems like it's on the exact opposite end of the Luke Griffin where it's like, I don't know. I bet she could have marinated on that. You know, she could have probably been a blue belt for another year or two and nobody would have questioned it. Um, now I could be completely wrong. She might be getting in there and jacking people up left and right. But at the same time, you know, when you're talking about these celebrities, most of the time it's like, especially if you're talking about a supermodel, like I doubt she can actually like really train with the population, right? Like, I mean, she makes millions of dollars a year with, uh, you know, just wearing clothes and taking photos. So I, I just, Again, I have a hard time believing that she's in there. And, like, I mean, for all you girls and women listening, like, you've got to think, like, there's just no way she can beat you, right? Like, if you train at a legit gym and you're rolling, and maybe you're even a white belt, like, do you think she could beat a white belt female? Just an average white belt female her size that's been rolling at a legit gym for a year. I just don't think there's any way Giselle can beat that white belt. And... I think you have to look at rolling results somewhat. Again, there's always going to be crazy cases. There's always going to be big disparities in athleticism and size and yada, yada, yada. 
But I'm talking again about egregious examples. And if you're a purple belt and you can't be an average, you know, like in this case, you know, a soccer mom. I'm not talking about some 22-year-old chick that's been training for a year at some super competition-heavy place. Like that might she might be an outlier. She might have played college and you know like sports in college, super good athlete, that type of thing. But I'm just talking about an average woman. You know, she's 35, trains two three times a week. She's got two kids, but she rolls and trains at a legit place. Gets after it. There's no way Giselle can beat her. There's just no way. I would love to see that super fight. That's the type of fight I want to see. Set it up, somebody. Make that match happen because I think Giselle and another Gracie lineage school uh, is going to get embarrassed. They're going to see more and more that these guys are just giving out belts and they're just they're watering down the sport. No Gi Worlds was a huge success. I got to say, IBJJF killed it this weekend. The brackets were super stacked. I still can't believe that competitors choose to compete in these events where they have to pay money and there's just all these hoops they have to jump through. But look, I was shocked. I looked at the the brackets a couple days before the event. Tons of killers in them. Um, most of the brackets were filled, you know, with at least 20 to 30 guys in the black belt. I really only follow the black belt adult and then a couple of colored belts, you know. Like, I definitely was checking in on guys like Reese Lefevre and obviously Luke Griffith and a couple of other, like, very well-known dudes, and they all killed it. But, um, yeah, black belts mainly. I want to see who the adult black belt champion is. And, um, yeah, it was a super successful event. Um, people I was most impressed by, man, Pato is the best 145 pound and under grappler in the world right now. That dude is an assassin. He made a switch to AOJ and it clearly looks like, I mean, he was a beast before, but it looks like AOJ is bringing him to a whole nother level. Like I said, he's the number one guy in the world right now. He's definitely the favorite going into next ADCC. His leg locks, I mean, he's the best leg locker in the world. It's tough to argue against anyone else. He hit this entry. Guys, go to Reddit. Um, it should be near the top still. But, uh, man, he hit this entry off of, I mean, it was the craziest leg lock entry I have ever seen. I can't even explain it in one of his matches. Um, but it should be on Reddit. Just type in Diego Pato. I think they were calling it, like, what was it, like inverted cross? I <laughs> I don't know, some crazy entry, but you'll see it. But Pato was an absolute stud. Tommy Langacker. Tommy Langacker is an absolute warrior. We saw, if you didn't see him versus Oliver Taza, uh, that happened over, I think it was at Grapple Fest, or was it Polaris? Anyways, it was one of the two events over there in Europe a couple, couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it looked like Oliver Taza did destroyed Tommy's knee and people were talking about him not tapping clearly he was not injured I don't know how because Oliver Todd is one of the best leg locker in the world and he had a deep inside heel hook but he was just incredible this weekend he had such a special performance and it was just an honor to sometimes you just say it's just an honor to watch them you know and, and that was Tommy this weekend his back take and match against Elijah Dorsey, who beat Nikki Ryan in the finals of the North American trials at 77 kilogram division, like was insane. He has this like where he gets double unders and just flips dudes over. It's such a cool technique. And um, I definitely highly recommend like studying Tommy's double under back takes because it's so important. Um, so you don't get, get thrown off. 
Fionn Davies continues to show she is the female Gordon Ryan. She put on an an absolute masterclass. Uh, I was super, super impressed by her. Roberto Jimenez won the absolute. So a natty king going out there and dominating and winning Nogi World's absolute. I swear, there are so many times I'll be like, man, I think Roberto, like, where's he been? I haven't seen him in forever. And then he'll pop up and just have a phenomenal performance. And that's what he did today. I mean, winning the absolute Nogi World Championship is um, super special. Very, very especially for the size he is and the way he did it, um, ended up tapping Roosevelt Souza in the final with an arm-trapped rear-naked choke. So those are the people that I would say, like, go back, check out their matches. Super exciting, incredible technique to study. Um, Johnny Grippo also was incredible. He ended up finishing second in his division, but he, he's he got beautiful jiu-jitsu as well. Last thing I want to talk about is Fight Pass Invitational tomorrow. There are some crazy matchups. In the main event, we've got Nicholas Marigali versus Felipe Pina. This is one of those matches where I really want Felipe to win. I just think Nicholas Marigali is lame. But at the same time, Marigali is a bad dude. His jiu-jitsu is absolutely beautiful. And even though he copies Gordon and tries too much to be like Gordon, he's just super cringy. Like, look, there's one king. There's one Gordon Ryan your act like it's just it's not working for him he needs to just somebody needs to talk to him be like look just change up a couple of things you're a handsome good looking dude you're the best gi practitioner in the world right now and your no gi's improving leaps and bounds it won't be soon so maybe you can even challenge gordon for that number one spot but we need a different gimmick but anyways i think marigali beats felipe pena it is a modified ADCC rule set, so I think he'll beat him. I don't think he subs him. I don't think there's enough time for him to sub Felipe, but I do think he beats him by points. Got who else do we have? We have Nicky Rod versus Yuri Samoas. That's just a match we all lose. It is going to be absolutely terrible. Mark my words. I um, I'm gonna skip that one more than likely. Uh, I've heard both of them say they, Nicky Rod's like I'm gonna show different. Jiu-jitsu, yada, yada. No, it's going to be a super boring match. They're basically going to smack each other in the head for 15 minutes. If there's a submission, I will be absolutely shocked. But I'm picking, I mean, I don't even care. That match is going to be terrible. Haseem Rita versus Mason Fowler. Haseem Rita, shockingly, hasn't looked good since he's joined B-Team. He's had a couple of poor performances. And I think Mason gets the job done here. He probably submits Haseem, but we'll see. I definitely think he wins. Um, we have Nikki Ryan versus Janatis Gracie. I'm definitely taking Nikki Ryan, um, but Janatis is super tough. But I think Nikki can find a way to get the sub. Andy Varela, one of my favorite grapplers, he will be competing against Achilles Rocha. I think Andy gets the sub. He's going to take the back, backpack gang, and get the rear naked choke. Trying to think, are there any other major, major matchups? Um, I know Hannah Goldie's competing against somebody, I can't remember who, and then Luis Montero's competing against Elizabeth Clay. I think Elizabeth Clay gets the dub. Not much to say. I mean, lots of big names, but I do think there's going to be a couple of snooze fests. So I'm not expecting a whole lot. I'll be kind of half watching, half not. 
Um, I don't know. I'm not expecting too much. <laughs> Till next time, guys. I love and appreciate you. Peace.